0: You have questions and I, I don't have the answers, but I know who does. I'm Marcos Mora. This is Made of Questions. Welcome to the show. Hey, welcome to another episode of Made of Questions. Great episode for you guys today. My guest is Rebecca Monet. I've known Rebecca for a very long time. She is one of my biggest mentors, especially in the franchise industry. What's amazing about Rebecca, Rebecca is a behavioral scientist her company is Zorico Profiles. Rebecca's in over 150,000 profiles of entrepreneurs. And her profile is different. It's not just like a disc profile or other profiles that tell you, you know, are you, are, what are you like? Her profile actually goes through and tells you what type of business should you start? Which ones should you avoid? And where are you going to be successful? So it's an incredibly, incredibly valuable tool that hundreds and hundreds of franchise opportunities and businesses out there use to evaluate entrepreneurs. And that I know of, it's one of the only profiles for entrepreneurs. Now, here's what's important about this episode with Rebecca. Rebecca's seen trends over the last 30 years that entrepreneurs are changing. And this is great and scary at the same time. She's saying, for example, that initiative is going down and that the sense of community is going down and empathy is going down. But there are silver linings. So today we're going to cover with Rebecca, a data scientist who's gone through over 150,000 entrepreneur profiles and learn what makes a great entrepreneur, what type of business should you follow, and what are the trends that you can expect today to find the best business for you and for your family so you can also leave a legacy. Rebecca, how are you?
1: I'm fabulous.
0: Fabulous.
1: Life is good. No complaints at all.
0: Not one complaint.
1: Well, maybe a little about the humidity, (laughs) but (laughs) that's about it.
0: That's about it. Oh, that's fantastic. So... Um, if you're joining us here on LinkedIn, then you probably, you know, what I think is interesting about LinkedIn is if you're joining us, you probably know either me or you know Rebecca uh, because we're connected on LinkedIn. And so it'd be awesome if you guys want to join us. We're going to talk about entrepreneurial things and talk about what makes people tick. And there's probably nobody better than Rebecca in this world to tell you what makes people tick and why people do what they do, why people start businesses, why they fail, why they succeed. And uh, and so you're welcome to ask any questions you want or make any comments. On LinkedIn, we actually are able to see it. So if you have any comments, if you have questions for Rebecca, you can ask. And we're excited to have you guys here. So welcome, Rebecca.
1: I'm glad to be here, especially if we're going to talk about entrepreneurship, business ownership, and performance. Those are my cup
0: of tea's. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Rebecca is the uh, behavioral scientist behind the company Zoracle. And the company Zoracle, and, and you'll, you'll do a much better job at talking about this, but listen, the company Zoracle has been one of the most important things for us growing our company, Amada Senior Care. And I hear this from so many other franchisors out there. So what Rebecca's company does is it allows us to get a profile on the entrepreneur that is trying to become a franchisee of Amada Senior Care. And it is such a valuable profile because we get an insight into what makes that entrepreneur tick. And Rebecca, if if you go through the years of Zoracle, how many profiles have you done over the last... However many years, like what's the number?
1: I can tell you, in the last eight eight years, or actually almost nine years, um, we've done one hundred and forty thousand assessments as of a couple of months ago. Now, obviously, some of these are franchisees, top, mid, low performing franchisees, and but a large portion are prospective franchisees. So it's been really a fun journey to watch, and also. Uh, as we talked about earlier, this idea that there are trends and things change uh, in the world of entrepreneurship, in the world of franchising, in the world of business ownership. And those coming into the idea of buying businesses is also evolving and changing. And who was the ideal franchisee is also different today and who our prospective franchisees are are different uh, today. So I love, love love (laughs) looking at trends and then looking at how those trends play out and how franchisors and business owners have to adapt to those trends. But if we can see them in advance, that's a fun thing for me that we can prepare for what's about to come come down the pike.
0: So, okay, so anyone can actually, you can go to Zoracol Profiles and, and do the assessment, right? It, exactly. Anybody can go in there and then take the assessment. And we have everyone who's interested in a modest Senior Care, we send them the assessment. It's actually really cool. And it's, it's amazing to see, it's the only assessment I know of that if you're, if you're, If you want to become an entrepreneur, it's the only assessment I know of that you can take and it gives you insights into what type of entrepreneur would you be. And not only that, what's really cool is Rebecca's been doing this for so long that she's also able to tell you what business opportunities would be best for you, which I think is so amazing. And that comes from uh, the fact that you've been able to pull uh, entrepreneurs of all types of different brands and to see what what their profile is, right? With that said, if I take your... Zorical profile, if I take it and it tells me what I'm like, does that mean that I should not open a Jersey Mike's or should open an Amada or should open a Jamba Juice? I mean, what, what do I do with the information? What I got it, yeah. now I know what I'm like and I've got more insights, but what does that really mean? So the assessment
1: answers two primary questions that anyone thinking about going into business is asking themselves, consciously or unconsciously. First, it answers the question, Do I have what it takes to be a business owner? Am I Mm. wired to do that? Because not everybody's wired, as you know, to be entrepreneurs, to be business owners, to be franchisees. So it answers that question. The second question it answers is, what's the right business for me, right? Mm. So someone who is going to be a good Amada franchisee may not be a good Jersey Mike franchisee and vice versa. Right. So we have to know exactly what makes for an ideal franchisee or ideal business owner in various businesses before we can say this is the kind of business you're going to be great at. And of course, we use reverse engineering. ...to do that. We actually Mm -hmm. assess all the franchisees within a franchise system, or as many as we can possibly do. We assess those franchisees to determine how the high, mid, and low performers might be similar, but more importantly... What makes them different? Why are certain mm. folks knocking it out of the park in one concept? And then you got folks that are B players and C players in that exact same concept. It is not the business model. Clearly, if some are succeeding, it's the franchisee or the business owner that may just be the wrong fit. They may be a better mm-hmm. fit somewhere else. So, that's to me the two biggest questions that the tool. Answers both for the prospective business owner and then the concepts that are using the tool to determine is this guy or gal gonna do well within our concept within our franchise system as an example.
0: So I have a, a and I've told you the story before, but when we moved to the United States back in 1991, my dad goes to a franchise show and I was 15. My dad goes to a franchise show and he finds Blimpies. And Blimpies uh, was cheaper than Subway. That's the my dad bought it. My dad's like, yeah. it's just like Subway. It's the same thing, but it's cheaper. So we're going to buy a Blimpy's. So uh, in our town, this is in Provo, Utah. There was a South Provo Blimpy's and there was a like Middletown Blimpy's. The one was owned by my dad. The other one was owned by, oh, I can't remember his name, but it was, a, it was an entrepreneur who had owned that Blimpy's restaurant for like 20 years. Wow. And what's interesting is, is that both markets very similar. The stores were the same size. Opportunity-wise, the same. The sandwich is the same. Everything is the same. But in one store, there was my dad who absolutely hated his life as a Blimpy uh, franchisee. Just could not stand it. Now, nothing to say about Blimpies. And actually, I don't even know if they're even around, so I don't think I'm offending anybody. But he hated it. (laughs) He absolutely, absolutely hated the business. And then you get the other guy who ran the other location, and he loved it. He loved it. Like he could not get enough of it. He had owned the location forever. He was sponsored the football team. He was he was part of the community. Uh, made great money. Was super excited about it. And so that's that's exactly right, right? And I wish that my dad had taken this Oracle profile back in 1991 to be able to see that that is not who what my dad should be doing. And my dad today is a professor at a university. He's 82 years old and still working. Wow. Loves to teach. He loves to teach. Like he is so happy in front of the classroom teaching. He was miserable as a owner of a fast food sandwich place.
1: It just wasn't him. It just wasn't him. And had he taken a little time or been coached along in some way to look at himself, it's always goes back to Know thyself, right? And once we know ourselves, we have a better idea of where we uh, belong, what culture of an organization we belong in, what stage of growth of an organization we belong in, what we value, what's important. In your dad's case, it sounds like he really wanted to make a difference, that he was an educator. He liked to Edify others and advise others and empower others and mm-hmm. have an impact. And so you fill somebody's tummy for a little bit. That's about what we do with blimpies, right? So it didn't. Yeah fill his soul not,
0: it didn't not at all speak
1: to who he was where the other gentleman you know he was about community and family yeah. and relationships yeah. and getting together and he had whole different wiring so blimpies was a perfect perfect yeah. fit and that's what we need to know
0: there's also ego i thought that was uh, an interesting thing about my dad is is having a, a customer come back and go you put mayonnaise on my sandwich when i told you not to put mayonnaise <laughs> my my dad like you could see like he, he he's turned red and he was like, oh, you know, he, was, he was just like, how am I after all the things I've done in my life, you know, and I have, I'm i a college, you like, it was it was demeaning to him. It's funny because I don't see that as a derogatory thing in my dad. It's okay for you to have an ego. It's okay for you to think that I don't want to be in a situation where somebody comes back and says, you give me my money back because you put mayonnaise on my sandwich, and that's gonna make you mad, that's gonna make you mad. Like, you shouldn't be doing that, right?
1: I love this story because at the core of all of us is an identity that we want to others to see. We want to fully express this identity that we have. And if we're in a job or in a relationship or in a business that doesn't allow us to show this identity, Mm -hmm. it's like fingers on a chalkboard, maybe even worse than that, that, you know, God created us a certain way and he spent time and energy learning and developing his skill. And it wasn't put more mayonnaise on something right that wasn't (laughs) that wasn't who he was where you have somebody else again that just is it has this gift of hospitality they love making people happy um in that way that would take that as yay i get to do one more thing for another person but your dad was a completely different wiring and this is what i see again and again is if folks don't take the time to figure out who they are and who these companies are Mm -hmm. to see if they can fully express themselves they're miserable. They're miserable, never mind they're not as successful as they could be if we can find a business that is echoing or mirroring and truly expressing who that individual is.
0: But how much of it is Can you? Is if you love cars and you get into a car business, you, if you love dealing with uh, – like, and so many people go, what I really want to do is this. And what I've seen is sometimes they go toward that because it was a passion of theirs and they're, and they're still miserable. So what, what do you do about that? Do you, should you, should you unemotionally go do something that is, I don't know, like having a daycare yeah, business, even though you're a cat person, because that, how do you, what do you do?
1: Well, and there's a difference between psychographics and interest. We can have interest. We could even have passion about Mm -hmm. animals or children or the elderly or real estate or whatever it is we have passions for and interest in. But that doesn't necessarily mean we should have a business based around that, that we may not be wired for that So there, there's a distinct difference. Now, there is some overlap when you have certain values um, and certain beliefs that there is some, some overlap with interest, but we really have to separate those two things. I don't know what the statistic is, but it's quite low when someone goes looking for a franchise of the businesses they actually go in versus what their interests are. You know, they may decide, I love auto, I love yeah. cars, right. and I love all that, and they end up in something completely uh, different because it's about what the business can do mm-hmm. and how you can express yourself, and that's not always what we're interested in.
0: But you, you've you told me before that there are certain characteristics of an entrepreneur that it's like the must-have in a way, right? So in, in 40, what did you say 40,000? No, it wasn't. How many profiles in eight years?
1: Hundred forty thousand in the last eight to nine forty thousand.
0: So there's is there a pattern of must is there is there one two or three things that if you don't have this and maybe it's maybe it's silly but maybe it's something that 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 is super simple to, to explain but but is there a must that you, you don't be an entrepreneur unless you have this one two or three qualities?
1: Yeah, I want to qualify that because there really is some musts. Uh, keep in mind the musts do change based on the type of business. Some musts sure. are you have to have sales skills or you have to have good leadership skills or you have to have conflict management skills if you go a certain type of business. But there are some universals that this is a must have before you should even think about going uh, into business. And the person that actually describes it best in my mind is a guy named Patrick uh, lennon Sienoa, I believe, or I believe it's L-E-N-C-I-O-N-I. How do you pronounce okay. that?
0: I have no Some idea. Some Italian
1: name, right? Patrick. Uh, Patrick. We call him Patrick. And he talks about four, uh, three primary things. One is, are you hungry? Two, are you humble? And three, are you smart? And, hmm. of course, our assessment assesses those, and there are many markers within that. So, for example, hungry would be I have a drive for success. I am willing to do whatever is necessary to have a certain level of success and growth and control. So I'm committed. I take initiative. I'm adaptable. I have optimism. These would all come under that category. I'm hungry and I believe in a future and that I can create it. The humble Part, especially in franchising, is so important. Humble is that I have just enough self-confidence that I'm willing to take the risk and step out, but not so much self-confidence where I'm arrogant and unteachable, uncoachable, and not open to critique and feedback Mm. so I can continually get better. So it's kind of a fine line. In in our assessment, the minute someone, a prospective franchisee gets over what we call a 12.5 on a scale of one to 16 in self-confidence, that's going to be a franchisee that's going to struggle embracing the franchisor's leadership and systems because they're already very capable and very confident, right? So we want someone with just enough self-confidence, but they're not Too arrogant or know-it-alls, and they're able to embrace, you know, what what the leadership is sharing with us.
0: And there's a place for the know-it-all, right? So it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a place for that know-it-all, right? But it may not be in a system where you have to learn and be humble. It may be starting your own thing, right? Absolutely. Go and do yourself because you have all the answers, and you probably do have all the answers, or you'll be wrong and you'll fail miserably. But if you have all the answers, that you're right, great. Right like it's a yeah. that the arrogance may not be a bad thing,
1: no, it's not a bad thing at all in franchising, we do have a what I call a sweet spot. And and then the third component is that smart. Are you smart? Are you humble? Are you hungry? Are you smart? And smart is not IQ. It's emotional and social intelligence. Do you have self-discipline, self-control, self-motivation? Do you understand your emotions and your thoughts? Are you able to see how they affect your performance? Social intelligence. How are you at building relationships? Can you build teams and collaborate and build consensus how do you operate under conflict right are you a good leader are you socially aware know what's going on in the world and can read uh, through your empathy what other people are thinking and feeling and what their needs are so this is what's meant by smart and all of these markers combined are important but if you want to just give them headers you know are you hungry are you humble and are you smart? Those are things you have to have when you're choosing to go in business.
0: Now, on the smart side, you have people that have the emotional intelligence to know how to read a room, but they do not have the ability to be in front of that room. So, and again, it's not, not so much that any of these are disqualifiers. Is it more about understanding how smart you are, what kind of smarts you have. That's an excellent um, point. Because no one, no, one, no one is a complete idiot when it comes to this, right? You, no. You're not going to have a profile that says, you're an idiot you're, you're in, in those terms, right? Yeah, zero, like you, you, you should not do anything. But it, it's more of the self-awareness than it is a strike, right? Yes,
1: yeah. yes. I mean, what you're describing within that smart category, is in some businesses, you have to have strong influence, ethos, credibility, authority, the ability to persuade, right? So I call that influence, which is an SQ, social intelligence, marker. And in some cases, it needs to go even further than that, that you got lots of competition, and you need to go up against that competition. So not only do you need to be influential, credible, have authority, be transparent, be genuine, all of those wonderful SQ attributes, but you need to be a change catalyst. You need to be able to change somebody's mind and have them go another direction. Now, not every business requires that. right? But the businesses that do, you need to have those smarts uh, to be able to step up to the plate. Otherwise, you're going to struggle. And that's the last thing we want as business owners. We want to look at where are we strong, where are we weak, and how can we leverage the strengths that we have.
0: What about, uh, do you see a correlation with being a jerk? Here's what I mean by that. You know, there's there's a lot of, you, you read all these books about people that say, you know, servant leader and, you know, care about your people. And, mm-hmm. okay, so Simon Sinek just did a post on LinkedIn that, says, that said, no one will buy a product from a company where the employees don't enjoy working there. And I read that and I was kind of like, I disagree. We buy products from awful companies all the time. We buy products from companies where people hate working there. We buy products from companies where uh, the leaders are awful and abusive and bad people. So can you be a jerk and be successful? Mm
1: -hmm. Yes. Yes, you can be a jerk and be successful. (laughs) You're going to struggle, right? You're going to struggle. And hopefully you have a buffer between you and your clients, right? Right. Where this jerk side doesn't show up to doesn't show up often, right? Because what what makes a jerk? I mean, how do we describe that? It kind of reminds me, Marcos. I had some years back a franchisor call me and says, "Rebecca, does your does your assessment determine if someone is a turd?" And, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I said, you awesome."
1: Well, describe turd. What is right? That
0: could be a different thing for everybody.
1: Right. What's a turd? Yeah. Well,
0: maybe not. You know, somebody yeah.
1: that defies and follow the system. Someone that's argumentative. Someone who's uncoachable. Someone who's always picking fight. What is it? What, what makes yeah. somebody a jerk? What makes someone a turd? And the reality <laughs> is, yes, yeah, some jerks can be very successful, right? Depending on how they set up, uh, their businesses. I would, obviously encourage as a past therapist that you work on that side of yourself (laughs) because you probably would have greater success if you didn't have those issues. Um, I know Simon talks a lot about empathy and compassion. It's really kind of a foundation of all of his beautiful work. And especially in today's environment with social media and people saying things that they normally wouldn't say face to face or in a group situation, but in social media, they are being jerks, right? And are, are unkind and unempathetic. And it's a marker, coincidentally, uh, we call it understanding others, but it's an empathy marker that has dramatically dropped in the last three and a half to four years in those that are looking at businesses. So I can em- see empathy. why he's-
0: empathy has uh, has decreased has decreased our ability to feel empathy to others
1: has decreased our we don't have that same humanity we had before so i can understand simon's position and why he's preaching this right because he's shouting a warning that down the road what's going to happen as these empathy markers continue to drop what kind of businesses are we going to have what kind of relationships are we going to have simon is very futuristic he thinks Way mm-hmm. out there. But today, in fact, there's all kinds of research about does a nice guy finish first? Not always, right? Not always. So, yeah. Not always. But This empathy marker is a scary marker for us at Zoracle to be watching. And it'll be interesting how people do business in the future without that ability to understand and care for others.
0: And this, I think when we first started the call, you talked about how you're seeing patterns, which I never would have expected. I would have expected that an entrepreneur in the 80s was an entrepreneur in the 90s, an entrepreneur in the 2000s. And you're seeing that there's there's patterns that you're seeing that maybe, maybe not the case that the entrepreneur is changing or the opportunities are changing. Talk a little bit about that.
1: I think the entrepreneur is changing and the opportunities are responding to it or need to respond oh, interesting. to it. That's my opinion. So empathy is one of the markers that has dramatically changed. Another one that has uh, started to drop pretty dramatically is initiative. So Initiative is a form of courage. It's the ability to go do what you need to do, whether you want to or not, whether you're good at it or not, or whether you're confident or not. It's courage, right? And we are seeing a society becoming more having more difficulty taking initiative taking risks Jeez. so and the way that's affecting many of our clients is a sales cycle for someone to make a decision to buy a business is being extended and we're seeing more and more looky-loos folks that look over the cliff and go i'd like to be there but are unwilling to to do so. It's also changing, once they're in the business, how much personal initiative they're going to take to get out of the marketplace, do the hunting they need to do the business. It's causing more and more pressure on the franchisors who um, now have to take over a lot of the marketing and do a whole lot more to drive the business to those business owners. So there are several markers like that
0: that are scary. Yeah. So initiative is down, and what what's crazy about this is that this is not just. I feel like initiative is down. You're actually seeing this. You're seeing mm-hmm. data showing that initiative is down, and for it, for you to be able to see it, it has to be a uh, deviation that's pretty big, right? Right. But I I try to have my boys not be that way, and you've I think you've met my boys and and my I wife. I have. Yeah. Yeah. And we were we were in the car and and I said, Tristan, call Bagel Shack and order the the bagels. You know what we get, just go ahead and order, I'm doing something else. And he was like, Wait, and he's he's thirteen, right? And so he's like uh uh I, what, what would I say? I said, "What do you mean? What would you say?" You order the bagels, and so I dialed it for him because he didn't know. Yeah, I dialed it. I put it. The, I put the thing in his ear, and so the the person picks up on the other end and says, "Hi, thank you for calling Bagel Shack. You know, how can I help you?" And Tristan freezes, <laughs> and he looks at me. I look at him, and he just goes, "I want bagels." <laughs> <laughs> there you and, go. It's a start. You know, it's a start. You know, and the person on the other side says, "Okay." I we have those. What you know? How can I help you? And then kind of started doing. But but it's it's interesting because it's it's. I never expected that even just that initiative. Uh, in my mind, it was like you, you call the place, you order the bagels, and you put the order in, and, and then you tell them what you want. And there's no formula to it. You don't have to do a script. But to my Tristan. At 13, and I don't know if I was that way at 13, it was a monumental thing to have to mm-hmm. do this. And, and even when I did everything for him, he didn't know what the heck to do when he called. Now he's a 13-year-old. Yeah. But it, even that, right, is, is the ability for us to do um, simple things, imagine hard things. You know, not yeah. only order a bagel, but actually start a bagel business. Uh, mm-hmm. imagine, imagine that. What is driving that? Why, why why are we so scared?
1: We are living in a bubble wrap society, right? There's a whole lot more fear in this world and unknowns, you know, unprecedented that we've had ever before with the pandemic and other fears that we're dealing with, wars, et cetera. So parents have become uh, more hover type of parents right they're having to protect their children or at least they feel they have to protect their children everything from abduction to yeah, bully, yeah. bullying because bullying. empathy is dropping right empathy is dropping yeah. so they're getting more bullying going on listen uh, nobody got
0: more bullied than i did really and i think bullying i think bullying was wor- why it but, it but that was just how it was we got yeah. bullied all the time. My kids never get bullied. I wish they had a little bullying sometimes.
1: Yeah. Just a little, so they, just
0: a little bit. Yeah. Is that bad? Is that bad? Maybe that's No, bad. no. I,
1: I, I agree. It builds character, right? A little bit. A little it bit. It builds character yeah. and, and tenacity and determination. It also builds uh, your identity, which is I could stand up to the bad guys if I if I have to, I don't always have to uh, step back or right. be, be accepted or be approved of that uh, I am a human being. But we are, especially with social media and other things uh, that are going on, there is this longing to belong, uh, a fear of rejection rejection that Mm. many right and and not being accepted or approved of whether that's how you look or you're not living in the right zip code or you don't have a certain title whatever it is we're all desiring to be approved of and accepted and uh, because these empathy numbers are dropping and some other numbers are dropping it's becoming harder and harder to be accepted and of course, that reduces our f- ability to take initiative. If we're living in fear, fear of rejection, fear of not being approved, uh, uh, fear of being bullied or whatever, uh, we're not going to take a whole lot of issue. We're going to play it safe. We're going to be underneath. We're play it safe. Yeah, we're going to play it safe. That's the other thing that's changing, by the way, now that we're talking about it, is um, comfort zones, right? We used mm. to have smaller comfort zones, meaning the idea of a comfort zone is where you feel pain and where you feel pleasure right the sooner you can feel pleasure the more often you're going to do that behavior the Mm -hmm. sooner you feel the pain the more frequently you're going to do something to not feel that avoid it right? right to avoid it but Our comfort zones have gotten larger and larger. Everything from we're now comfortable, you know, not having the groceries on the uh, grocery store uh, shelves like we used to have. We've become comfortable with the high gas prices. We become comfortable with, you know, working at home rather than going to... We
0: we can tolerate... Well, does that make us... Have we gotten... Does that mean we've gotten tougher or just more desensitized?
1: We're desensitized. That's a good way to describe it, Marcos. Uh, Our comfort zones have gotten larger. And that means we're taking action more slowly.
0: So I can take a bad boss much longer than somebody used to in the 90s or in the 80s because... I'm just gonna take the bad boss, or or whatever bad situation. When you were saying we're staying in bad situations longer than ever before, yeah, we're staying. That's situations that's, that's that's insane. That's crazy.
1: That's that's crazy. It it is crazy, especially if you're not wanting to be an entrepreneur or a business owner. Decisions oftentimes, as a business owner, have to be made in a split second, right? And you have to notice your P and L statement and how things are going sideways and you need Uh to make tough decisions, right? Make tough decisions and take tough actions. And if our comfort zone is okay, so I'm only $2 million in debt. Where, you know, two years ago or five years ago, if I was $200,000 in debt, that would have been uncomfortable. And I would have done everything possible to generate more business to get out of that debt or whatever. So our comfort zones are now larger, larger. And we're seeing more and more prospective franchisees coming in with that, which is making it harder for them to become business owners, right? If it's more comfortable to go back to the job where you're not being respected, you're not being appreciated, you're not being promoted. But it's safe, it's secure, yeah. or at least that's the perception, which I don't always agree is a proper perception, uh, you're going to do that. So that's another big change that we have, are seeing is these comfort zones are the frightening to me, you know, having been in this business 30 years.
0: So we're we're screwed. The aliens are coming. It's already the, the testimonials yeah. of Congress that they're here. Whatever, to Start a business anymore? Yeah, whatever. No, whatever. There, aliens yeah.
1: are coming. You know, war. Okay, fine. Yeah. Whatever. Is, Gas is or genius? seven dollars a gallon. Who cares? You know, and it's not that they don't care. It's just they don't feel they have control, right? And so you have to desensitize yourself to it. Your freedoms were taken away. Um, through this COVID thing and you yeah. you adapted because you had to, right? You didn't fight back against it.
0: By the way, that is very interesting. That is very interesting. The, the, the amount of, and there's not a political statement to this. The truth was that the freedoms were gone, right? You had to abide by this for whatever reason. And that is, it's interesting because that, that is further desensitizing you to taking action because it's like, you know, just, you just, you just got to go with the flow. You just gotta okay, you just wrong? gotta stay in your apartment, dude. You can't get out there. You can't go outside. You gotta put that mask on and stay in your apartment. And so yeah. um yeah, it's it's a, it's interesting how I further we see that I think with a, with a lot of the my brother's a professor in North Carolina and he, he teaches business and he, we were talking over this weekend and he said there's a a such a big difference between these kids that uh, were the COVID kids that they were the kids that got locked up during high school and it's such mm-hmm. a sad stat I think and I think there's more stats coming out that that they were they have been changed forever yeah. right? and he said he said he used to have to, to your point he had office hours before COVID he had office hours and during office hours he'd said that he would have a line of kids. No one would come in and discuss and talk. And and, and he would have to, he'd have stay longer. He'd have to kick him out because he wanted to go home. Like, they were all there. He said, there's nobody in office. Not, we're not talking like less. There were dozens of kids that would come to his office hours wow. and to try to work with him. There are none now. They don't show up. They okay. don't show up. And and he'll even turn on his computer for folks that want to do it. So he'll just put a Zoom link and anybody can talk, ty, uh, uh, join. And then he just sees them and he talks to them. He says, almost nobody. Nobody comes That's to that. That's amazing. Which is such a weird stat, right, is what you're talking about, which is you, you further just um, uh, almost like re- retreating, right? That you don't go out to you, that mm-hmm. initiative of I got to go talk to my professor. I got to go it's sit scary. down with him and, and figure things out.
1: But to that point, not only has this now removed our ability to take risk and increased our comfort zone and Uh, We don't have the courage and the initiative, but it's also reduced our human interaction. So our longing for connection, our longing for human interaction and a desire to belong, be accepted, be approved of has increased while we are becoming more and more isolated Isolated. and more, you know, just me. Right. So and that's and so. Think about the long-term ramifications of that, where you feel like you're an island. You can't ask for help from your professor. You can't get coaching or mentoring. You feel embarrassed that you're not doing well. I mean, think about psychologically the things Psychological. that are happening. Especially and that those, then, yet
0: you want it. And yet you want belonging. You want community. Need, you want that.
1: Human need that we all uh, have. And obviously, there's going to be some effect in, in business because of that. Now it could turn into some positives. It could turn okay, Yeah,
0: we you know. we need to go that way because this is depressing, Rebecca. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but silver linings. So and and here's and I'm I'm going to guess that one. I think that when everyone is doing this and everyone's kind of going that way i feel like there's a tremendous amount of opportunity for those who don't like as in there's a tremendous opportunity for those who still have initiative who still build community who still overcome fear maybe even more than ever because so many less people are going to crowd even the entrepreneurial side there's less is that is that a silver lining
1: i think that is a silver lining that It'll be easier to get to the top because there's not a whole lot of competition, meaning everybody else is just in a comfort zone and kind of uh, resting on their laurels if they have any. Those mm-hmm. that are have an innovative side, that have high drive, that hunger that we talked about, that they're taking initiative, they have optimism, they are driven to do whatever is necessary, those grit markers, including adaptability, they will start to rise uh, to the top. those that have uh, understanding of others, those that know how to build teams, know how to collaborate, will begin to rise uh, to the top. So there's some good that will definitely come out of that and a little you know we'll see as the years continue. Uh, I'm also concerned about those that will be left behind because there's going to be a bigger gap. going to be a bigger gap and it's going to affect the middle class right and we're going to have more elites and more here so we're seeing it already we're seeing it in the test results in the last few years less fewer and fewer people are capable of being business owners and entrepreneurs and those that are are going to knock it out of the park
0: yeah so there'll be so much so much room for them to uh, for them to grow so uh, what's your biggest advice to somebody who is so many of the folks that I think for audience wise on LinkedIn are a lot of people have connected with me because they are in corporate America they've been doing it for 20 thirty even some some of them 40 years and even though they don't hate their jobs they feel like there's more to them right mm-hmm. that they want to do something different they want to start something and I think a lot of times it's it's you don't most people i think I don't know if it's most, but a lot of people just don't have the the spark of an idea. I'm gonna do this. And They're like, what the heck do I do? Mm-hmm. So what's your advice? What what do I what do I do if I'm if I'm that? I wanna I wanna I wanna do something yeah. with my life.
1: I wanna do something with my life. First discover who you are. You know, know thyself. Figure out what your human design is. And then once you understand that then look for businesses that mirror that. They mirror your values, the things that are important to you. They mirror your belief system. Find a business where you fit within their distinct cultures. And you can see that in franchising in particular, where you fit so you can be yourself. Know what your strengths are, both your hard competencies, sales, marketing, operational skills, but also the softer ones, the emotional and social intelligence, which have many more financial markers than can you sell or you're good at technical skills. Your mm-hmm. EQSQ will take you further than any hard uh, skills will ever take you. So know yourself, know yourself, and then, you know, find businesses through you know, enlisting others to coach you through it, but find businesses that echo it, um, and you'll you'll have success in the long term if you can find that. And trust me, there's some incredible businesses out there for the uh, future business owner, future entrepreneur.
0: There really are. That's I think that's, uh, and I don't don't talk just about Amada, but. We're in this franchise industry for uh, and you've you've been such a mentor to me uh, and I'm always so thankful and it's it's uh It's amazing to see how many amazing opportunities there are to make money in so many different ways, and not only make money but if it is that you just want to make money great if you want to serve the community, if you want to you know mm-hmm. um, help people, there's so many different ways to do it, and I think better opportunities than ever like just amazing amazing concepts out there. So thank you Rebecca. Thanks My for being here pleasure. with us. We kept you for a long time. What what did we go? How long did we go here? We went. Uh, I don't like know. 45 Forty five minutes? minutes. Yeah. That's incredible.
1: I always love our conversations. They get deep really fast. They do, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: We can't help it. We just we just can't help it. Hey, so if somebody wants to take a Zorical assessment, I you guys can. If you if you comment on the on this and and we'll see it. We can send you a link to a Zorical assessment, but uh, is it? Do they? Is there somewhere people can go to take a Zorical assessment and find out what they're all about?
1: Uh, Zoricalprofiles.com. There'll be a button there. You can take the assessment uh, there and get results immediately.
0: Awesome. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast and for this LinkedIn Live. Rebecca, thank you for your time. Thanks for being here with us.
1: My pleasure. Enjoyed this.